Hello and welcome back to Japan Explained. I know it has been a while since last episode and sorry about that. Today I want to talk to you about the sacred day of Nara. To be honest, I thought it would be a very easy topic to cover, but turns out not at all. Because I got lost more than a few times trying to navigate through Japanese aristocratic families, their divine ancestors, evil monks and kind magistrates. And I thought I knew my dear pretty well. Anyway, now I'm ready to tell you everything I know about them. So without further ado, let's get started. There is a popular belief that the deer were made to roam the streets of Nara as a tourist attraction. Well, there is a grain of truth in that. The city does make money from the deer as they bring a steady stream of tourists, but the deer were there long before the first foreign tourist ever set his foot on Japanese soil. And their history is far more interesting than all the cat cities, rabbit islands and fox villages put together. So, why deer? Why in Nara? Where do they come from in such numbers? And what's so special about them anyway? Deer are the largest herbivores native to the Japanese islands. The others, including cows and horses, were brought from the mainland a little later, but deer and wild boar have been here since the Stone Age, and deer skins were the first clothes worn by the Japanese. Because deer have been here for so long, they have inevitably taken on many different symbolic meanings. Accompanying two of the seven lucky gods, Fukurokuju and Jurojin, they symbolize longevity. They are one of the favorite subjects of Japanese poets and are considered to be very poetic animals themselves. And on Hanafuda cards, a deer surrounded by red maple leaves is a sure sign of autumn. And again, because deer have been here for so long, the ancient Japanese couldn't even imagine the world without them. So, Takamagahara, the plain of high heaven inhabited by Shinto gods, was also inhabited by deer. Kojiki has notions of a special deer god and a heavenly bow for hunting deer. White deer were particularly popular as they were often seen as messengers from the gods, as well as many other white animals, to be honest. In the most famous Japanese tale of the return of the sun goddess Amaterasu from a cave, the gods hunt deer and read the future from its shoulder blade, before deciding how to lure Amaterasu out of her voluntary captivity. This myth, though I won't go into all the details, is probably the most important in establishing the rituals of Yamato, aka Japan, and assigning specific roles to the gods, ancestors of priestly clans. Now, try to remember them if you can. The fortune tellers in this story are called Ame no Koyane, the ancestor of the Nakatomi clan, and Utodama, the ancestor of the Imibe clan. Later, the first legendary emperor of Japan, Jimmu, came to the plain of Nara on a deer's back. I can totally understand him, a trip there from the south of Kyushu today would take about three and a half hours by bullet train, 
and I'm not even sure I'd enjoy such a long walk myself. But the story goes that Jimu arrived in Nara on the back of a stag, and their bloodline has been broken ever since. Both, I mean, the emperors and the deer. Now fast forward to the more historically accurate times, next we see deer on the pages of Manyoshu, the oldest Japanese poetry collection compiled sometime in the second half of the 8th century. The deer in Manyoshu are no longer divine, they are simply beautiful and rather poetic animals. Out of some 4,500 poems, only 68 mention deer, and almost all of them are about autumn and their mating calls. Now, I'm not the best at reciting poetry, but here is an example. To my hill the stag comes and calls. The first bush clover blooms for his bride. Has come to call the stag. But when it comes to deer of Nara, no one remembers Jimmo anymore. Not even Manyoshu. The first thing you'll probably think of is Kasugataisha Shrine. In 767, Kasuga Shrine was built to worship an ancestor gods of the powerful Fujiwara clan. The Fujiwara clan are in turn descended from the Nakatomi clan, who, if you remember, are descended from the god Amenokoyane, who used deer bones to tell fortunes in the story of the sun goddess Amaterasu. Bear with me, it'll get easier. Like most Shinto shrines, Kasuga Taisha worships many gods at once. And since the separation of Buddhism and Shinto would come many centuries later, Shinto deities are also considered Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, and as such they are depicted in sacred Buddhist paintings, known as mandalas. One such painting is called the Kasugadiya Mandala. It shows Buddhas at the top with Shinto deities in court dress below them. At the bottom you can see the great Kasuga shrine, and in the middle mountain on which a white deer stands in full splendor. On its back is the sacred Sakaiki tree, from which hangs the mirror of the sun goddess. All this elaborate construction on deer's back is here to remind us that Amaterasu was lured out of her cave. After Amenokoyane had finished telling his fortune, the gods began to dance and recite prayers. One of them held a sakaki tree with offerings on it. On the same tree was a mirror, and when the sun goddess looked out, she saw her reflection and was so enchanted by her own beauty that other deities dragged her out of the cave and blocked the entrance. The sun returned to the world. Happy end. So the Kasuga Mandala has put on the back of the deer all that is needed to lure out the sun goddess and her descendants, Japanese emperors. Yet, Kasuga Mandala itself is unusually dark. The sky is dark, and only the mirror reflects the sun emerging from behind the mountain. And this is where our main story begins. The Nakatomi clan originated in Hitachi province, in what is now Ibaraki prefecture north of Tokyo. Their guardian deity is Takemi Kazuchi no Mikoto of Kashima Shrine, so, when Fujiwara, descendants of the Nakatomi, build a stunning new shrine near the capital, the deity decides to move. Again, it's a long way, so instead of walking, the deity catches a deer and they set off on a journey. 
about 400 kilometers from Ibaraki, at Sekita Jinja Shrine in Nabari, in modern-day Mie Prefecture, there is a legend about Takemikazuchi and YD. When they stopped to rest, the deity stuck a stick he used as a whip into the ground. The stick turned into a persimmon tree, which was later named Kamingaki, the divine persimmon. Another shrine in Nara even claims to have footprints of our travelers. But somewhere in the 9th century, Takemikazuchi no Mikoto and his stag had finally reached Nara. By this time, the capital had moved from Nara to Kyoto, and the Heian period, the era of peace and tranquility, had begun. This meant that the Fujiwara clan was at the height of its power, and Kasuga Shrine became a state temple. Aristocrats visiting Nara on pilgrimage began to worship not only the deities of the Kasuga, but also the deer, believing them to be the descendants of the white deer that Takemikazuchi no Mikoto rode to the city and the messengers of the gods. Maybe not all of them, but better safe than sorry. One nobleman wrote in his diary that he bowed to the deer he met, and another that he made every deer he met in Kasuga Shrine lick his face, considering it a good luck charm. And now, for those of you waiting for the answer to the question of where do deer really come from, well, as we learned at the very beginning, there has never been a shortage of deer in Japan. But the only explanation for their status and quantity is the legend of Takamikazuchi that you've just heard. Without it, the sacred deer of Nara would probably just be deer, and never become the cultural phenomenon they have been for the past 13 centuries. We, humans, have a tendency to turn our beliefs into reality, and that's the only real answer I can give you. Now, here is where another ancient temple enters our story. Kofukuji, another giant state temple, decides to take the Kasuga deer under its patronage. So, after the era of peace and tranquility ends in the 12th century, the next 400 years or so of the history would pass unnoticed if they weren't so bloody. Deer were now officially regarded as messengers of the gods, and it was easy to lose your life for harming one, which happened quite regularly, according to the chronicle of Kofukuji Temple. For example, on the second day of the tenth month in 1551, a ten-year-old girl threw a stone at deer in the Honkomori district. We don't know for sure what happened to the deer, but it probably wasn't good. The girl was beheaded, her whole family was banished, and her house was burned down. A boy called Sansaku met an even more bitter end. One day he was studying when a deer started to eat his calligraphy paper. He threw a paperweight at it to protect his precious possessions, but it hit and killed the deer, condemning Sansaku to Ishikozume, which means he was buried, not clear, but probably alive, in a deep pit with the deer he had killed. The small mound commemorating this event still stands near the Kofukuji temple today. Peaceful Buddhist monks, they say. On this cheerful note, we enter the Edo period. But the people of Nara didn't notice many changes in their daily lives. 
The magistrate of the city was still provided by Kofukuji, and the life of the divine deer was still more precious than the life of an ordinary human being. The story takes an abrupt turn in 1670, when a new magistrate, Mizoguchi Nobukatsu, arrives from the capital on a mission to free the people of Nara from their fear of deer. His first great challenge came in autumn. Late autumn is the mating season for deer, the same time of year that aristocratic poets of the 7th and 8th centuries admired from the comfort of their homes. But it didn't seem so beautiful to the ordinary people of Nara, because stags become quite violent during this time, attacking not only other stags, but also people who knowingly enter into their territory in the dark. Every year, more than 100 cases were reported in the city, and the poor people couldn't even defend themselves, because the law was always on the side of the deer. The new magistrate accepted the challenge. In 1671, a grand rebuild of Kasuga Shrine was due to start. Mizoguchi used this as an excuse to convince Kofukuji officials to prevent any injuries that could disrupt such an important ritual. They caught 145 stags and cut off their antlers. For the first time in many years, Nara witnessed a peaceful autumn. Starting the next year, antler cutting ceremony became annual, and every year more than 100 deer lose their antlers. A few years later, Mizaguchi gained enough power to revoke Kofukuji's temple authority to judge deer-related crimes. He became a legendary figure and was credited with solving numerous cases. So, let's look at a few more. Once, Mizuguchi received a petition. The petitioner's house had burned down and thieves were stealing his crops. But they were no ordinary thieves, they were sacred deer. And to frighten or harm them was out of the question. The magistrate ordered all farmland to be surrounded by shikagaki, an anti-deer fence. Similar two-meter-high fences were built around the city, stretching for more than 10 kilometers. Their remains can still be seen in various parts of Nara Park today. Although the dates don't match up perfectly, my favorite Mizuguchi story is the following. There is a saying in Japan that people from Nara are the most patient drivers, and the other one, that they wake up very, very early. The first one is easy to explain, deer on the roads, but the second one is much more fun. Deer were sacred, and as such they had to be buried properly. So, if you wake up one morning to find a dead deer in front of your house, be prepared to pay around 700 mon, which, according to one history TV show, is about 45 bowls of buckwheat noodles. It was the time of the fifth Tokugawa shogun Tsunayoshi, affectionately known by the Japanese people as the dog shogun. And you guessed it, he issued the collection of edicts for the protection of dogs. This is where the timeline doesn't add up, as Tsunayoshi started his dog protection in the 1690s, while Mizoguchi retired in 1681 and died peacefully in 1691. Anyway, the story goes that when Tsunayoshi made it illegal to harm any stray animals, the numbers increased drastically. 
stray dogs began to attack deer, and deer began to die in front of people's houses. And, well, nobody wanted to pay. So the people of Nara started getting up really early to check if there were any deer in front of their house, and if there were, to bring them to the neighbor's house. So the neighbor got up even earlier to do exactly the same, until the whole town was suffering from severe sleep deprivation. And the magistrate, Mizuguchi or not, had to organize a safe expulsion of the dogs from the city. Fortunately, Shikagaki fences were already in place. And, by the way, there is even a saying that is supposedly coming from this story. Hayaokiwa Sanmon no Toku. The one who wakes up early saves Freemon. Sort of, the early bird catches a worm. But the idyllic life in Nara didn't last for long. In the mid-19th century, the Edo period came to an end and the new Meiji era of enlightened government took its place. With all the modernization and revolutionary zeal to break all the old rules and customs. In the process, Buddhism was separated from Shinto, and while Shinto slowly made its way to becoming the state religion, the Buddhist temples lost their territory and power and were generally oppressed as symbols of the old samurai government. Dark times came for Kofukuji. Kasuga Shrine also went through hard times and lost all its Buddhist parts. The Dia of Nara lost all their powerful protectors. Then, in 1872, Nara gets its first governor, Shinjo Takatoshi. A man who doesn't like the old ways and doesn't believe in sacred animals. He thinks it's all just stupid superstition and he wants to show everybody that he's right. So he repeatedly hunts deer and eats venison, his carriage pulled by larger stock must have been quite a spectacle too. Shinjo also removes any punishment for killing or injuring deer, well, logical, and decides to use the vast Nara Park as a pasture for cows and sheep. In April 1873, he ordered all the deer to be rounded up and kept in a fence. About 700 deer were captured and put in the cramped aviary. They didn't have enough food or space and soon began to fall ill and die off. But in November of that year, Shijo Takatoshi was moved to a new location, and the remaining 38 deer were given to the Kasuga Shrine to care for. The shrine tried unsuccessfully to breed the deer in captivity, but gave up, and in 1876, the deer were finally released into the wild. Not that the farmers were too happy about it, as the deer began to roam their fields in search for food. So they started caging them. After all, if there are no fines and divine punishments, why not? So, in 1891, the Society for the Protection of the Sacred Deer of Kasuga was founded by a man called Maro Manjiro and his friends. They raised money to pay farmers whose fields had been damaged by deer and to buy back the freedom of captured deer. Soon, they were even able to revive the Tsunukiri antler-cutting ceremony, sparkling a new interest in sacred animals among the townspeople. But in 1925, Kasuga Taisha made an unexpected move. People saw shrine priests catching deer and taking them away. 
Oh, there are too many of them, so we will send them to other shrines, said the Kasuga representatives. But soon, on 29th of September, an article appeared in the Osaka edition of the Mainichi Shinbun. The headline read, Blood from deer antlers, used for luxury rejuvenation medicine. People were outraged. After all, aren't they the sacred deer of Kasuga? Shouldn't the shrine protect and care for them? Around 3,000 people gathered at Kofuguji to discuss the matter, led by Manjiro's son Heijiro. This forced the government and Kasuga Shrine to join the discussion, and together the people of Nara, the city government and Kasuga Shrine decided to protect the deer as they deserve it, and as they have done for thousands of years. At the beginning of World War II, there were about 900 happy deer roaming the streets of Nara. But the war made some adjustments to their numbers. The sacred deer soon became edible. And by the end of the war, only 79 were left in the park. But as soon as the people of Nara got proper food, the deer population bounced back. 20 years later, the city was inhabited by 1,000 deer. Then, in the mid-50s, school trips became popular in Japan. And, of course, the main places to visit were the two ancient capitals of Kyoto and Nara. Cute and fluffy deer quickly became a sensation among children and soon became the symbol and bestseller of Nara. Who wants to see all those ancient temples and magnificent Buddhist sculptures, anyway? And here we are in modern Japan, where around 1,400 deer live in Nara Park, enjoying the privileges of divine messengers and such modern luxuries as readily available food and health insurance. Chubby and fluffy, they are loved by tourists and locals alike, and only the annual antler cutting ceremony disturbs their peaceful lives of sleeping and chewing. But let's talk a little more about chewing, because that's important. The of Nara love to chew on Shikasen Bay, simple crackers made from wheat flour and rice bran. It's hard to say when the first snacks were sold in the park, but they are already mentioned in records dating back from 1672. In 1791, a picture of people feeding deer was published in the book famous places of Yamato. And since 1913, all senbei have to be sold wrapped in a special paper, showing that they belong to the Association for the Protection of the Sacred Deer. All the money raised by the association from the sale of this paper was spent on the health and safety of the deer, and on deer-related events, such as the Tsunokiri ceremony in October. With the rise of inbound tourism, the association opened a department to monitor the problems tourists and deer cause each other. By their count, in 2018, around 200 tourists have been bitten by deer, with eight people suffering more serious injuries. At the same time, more and more deer are dying every year from eating plastic left behind by tourists or stolen from their bags by deer. And then I can't avoid the obvious question. Is Nara clean with so many deer? I'd say yes, but one song doesn't agree with me. In the late 80s, the popular comedian Akashiya Sanma found an old song called Nara no Kasugano 
and featured it in his show. The lyrics were quite simple. You want to sit down somewhere in Nara Park, but there is poop everywhere that looks like black beans. The song soon became popular, and now the iconic Nara souvenir is a bag of deer poop cookies. Don't worry, no real poop is included. And while we are on this fertile subject, 1,400 deer produce about 330 tons of poop a year, which attracts dung beetles to the park. To be honest, I've never seen one, but it is said that out of 160 Japanese species, 46 can be found in Nara Park. But it is also said that thanks to the beetles, there is hardly any smell, so we have to be grateful to them, I guess. And that's the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to never miss new episodes of Japan Explained and check out japanexplained.com for more information on deer and a list of deer-related places to visit on your next trip to Japan. Talk to you soon. Bye!